Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast, the podcast that's trying to get on a solid schedule and has a chance to get at a solid schedule, but um, some personal difficulties happened this week and I will get to it. I want to get this up on Sunday. I'm currently recording this at 12.30 a.m. on Tuesday. Because on Saturday, on Saturday, I had a plan. I was going to record at night. I was going to get it up on Sunday. On Saturday, I went to Panera Bread because I do like tutoring and I do like one-on-one stuff. And I I met this person at Panera Bread. And whenever I meet people at like Panera Bread or Starbucks or anything, I always get there early. I always want to get there first you know, I want to save a seat. I want to, you know, maybe get something to eat before they get there. But I always get there early. I always want to see what the vibe is like. I always want to see how many tables are free. If there's no tables, I can wait until I get a table. Getting there early is just always the best policy. So I get to Panera Bread early. And Panera Bread is not a place that I frequent. It's not a place that where I want to go to eat. It's not my go-to food establishment most of the time when i get there i just get like a cup i get some water i might get some tea or something like that but i had a gift card i got a gift card for like 25 dollars or something from panera bread and i wasn't going to not use it and i don't dislike the food at panera bread it's not that i dislike the food at panera bread at all i just don't prefer it to other food and I recently, only recently, like had like a hot sandwich from Panera Bread, which I think is actually pretty good. Like in the past, I've had Panera Bread catered and it's like a cold sandwich and I don't like it and blah, blah, blah. But the hot sandwiches are good. I'll give Panera Bread that. So I go to Panera Bread. I use my gift card. I buy a sandwich and I bought this sandwich last week with the same gift card. So I know I'm good on the sandwich. I buy the sandwich. I eat the sandwich before the person gets there. Before the person I meet and gets there, I eat the sandwich. Perfectly good, fine, no problems. Like maybe 10 minutes after I eat the sandwich, I get extremely sleepy. I get so, so, so tired. I can barely stay awake. And mind you, I had a good amount of sleep last night or the night before. I woke up refreshed and ready to go. You know, I had like a nice brisk walk. I got a lot of things done. I was feeling good. Everything was going my way. And then I eat this sandwich and then my whole life falls apart and I could barely stay awake. And I'm trying to like fight the tiredness. I'm trying to stand up. I'm trying to move around. Like I'm taking like way more bathroom breaks than a normal person would. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get some more water. I'm going to get some more of this like lemonade that they have. I'm running around the Panera Bread, essentially, trying to fight off the tiredness. And eventually it wears off. But it's strange. It's like a whole wave of sleepiness came over me. And I know it's the Panera Bread sandwich. It's like a chicken focaccia spinach type of sandwich. I know it's a sandwich I did it. Because the week before, I got the same sandwich. And the same thing happened to me. Where I got super sleepy and could barely 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 stay awake in the Panera bread like I honestly if it was up to me I would have taken a nap in that Panera bread in front of everybody the Panera bread 
was pretty, pretty full. And I would have just taken a nap. I would have sat in the corner. I would have spread out. I would have got like a nice little blanket. I would have put my hood over my head and I would have taken a nap because that's how tired I was. And it makes no sense that that sandwich would do that to me at first because the first time I got that sandwich, I had also gotten a cinnamon roll. Because the best thing at Panera Bread, in my opinion, is those big-ass cinnamon rolls they have. If you haven't had it, get a Panera Bread cinnamon roll. It'll change your life. And I thought that the combination of the chicken focaccia sandwich and the cinnamon roll was what put me out of commission. But no, it's the sandwich that put me out of commission. Because this is like 2 p.m. And I don't normally clock out at 2 p.m. And I just could not for the life of me, you know, keep my eyes open. It, it's so, so strange. So anyway, on Saturday, I go home. I eventually fight off the sleepiness. I go home. I started this day at Panera Bread at like 2 p.m. And I got home at like 9 p.m. or so. And then by 9 p.m., I was super tired again. And I went to sleep and I just slept through the night. And I really can't explain it. And it ruined my whole schedule. It threw me off completely. Panera Bread. It just makes me think about Panera Bread. And what the fuck do these people put in their food? Because it makes people go to sleep. I was so concerned about it. Like, when I woke up, I was like, what the hell happened to me? Like, why did I feel this way? I've never had a wave of tiredness hit me like that did. And I know certain foods make you sleepy, like turkey or whatever, but... A sandwich, a chicken sandwich shouldn't make you sleepy in that way, especially not almost immediately after consuming it. It was so, so strange. What do they put in their food? I took a Twitter search and I I Twitter searched like Panera Bread makes me sleepy or Panera Bread makes me tired. Panera Bread makes me drowsy. And unsurprising to me, I legitimately got some results from this Panera Bread. And People were saying, like, this makes me sleepy. Like, this item at Panera Bread makes me sleepy. And it just, I don't know. I wouldn't sell things that make people sleepy without explicitly stating it. And Panera Bread, I get it, is, like, sort of, like, comfort food. And they have a lot of soup and sandwiches and all those things. But to really just make people zonk out, I, I think might be bad for business. What if Panera Bread had just a bunch of people sleeping in it. That would be like an apocalyptic scene. Scene. An apocalyptic scene. Mind you, it's, you know, past midnight. Apologies for my enunciation on a couple of things. And I thought maybe it was just like my body chemistry. Maybe it's just like the way I'm made up. I cannot handle a Panera Bread chicken focaccia spinach whatever sandwich without going to bed. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just weak in that way. But I really don't think so. I think that Panera Bread is putting some chemical X in their food that makes people sleepy and drowsy and go to sleep. Or maybe it's because I wasn't drinking any of those sugary tea drinks that they have and I was mostly drinking water with just a little bit of tea and a little bit of lemonade. Maybe that's it. Maybe I have to get the sugary tea in combination with the food in order to stay awake. But I made it. I made it through. I didn't take a nap in the Panera Bread. I made it through. I made it through that meeting that I had and everything is fine. But anyway, back to what is a podcast, because this is a podcast that talks about anything, anything at all, anything I want to talk about, anything 
because uh, I care about you. And I know that you aren't interested in only one thing. You're interested in multiple things. You like one thing. You like the other thing. You like one fish. You like two fish. You like red fish. You like blue fish. And I want to talk about the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros, if you don't know, have been caught of cheating. And baseball is my favorite sport. And this Houston Astros cheating scandal has really looked bad on baseball. It's not been good publicity for baseball. It's been terrible, I would say. And if you don't know, a little backstory. So in baseball, people have signs. Like, so you can't tell what the other team is doing. They, you know, communicate using signs, hand signals, what have you. And people steal signs. They've been stealing signs since the dawn of time. Like, Abner Doubleday was out here stealing signs. Stealing signs is not new. What the Houston Astros were doing was they were using the replay cameras. They were using cameras in the replay booth. They were using all sorts of technology to steal signs. And it's very clear that the basis for cheating, according to Major League Baseball, is you can steal signs as long as you seal it with your own two eyes. If you're using stadium employees, if you're using technology, that's when cheating, you know, is, you know, it becomes obvious that you're cheating. And when they would steal signs, they would relay to the players in real time like what pitches would be thrown. They would seal signs from the catcher. They would know what the pitcher was going to throw. And they would relay those signs in real time via either electronics or like through sounds or like through banging on trash cans. They would relay those signs to the batter so the batter knew what pitch was coming, right? And this had been a rumor for probably about a year. And then they concluded their investigation. The Astros got caught cheating the MLB Major League Baseball determined that the Astros were cheating. They suspended the manager of the Astros and the general manager, who then got fired. All that is good, well and good. And it was interesting because I didn't think that it was going to be such a big deal, but it ended up being a huge deal. And it ended up being that technology is a deciding factor, right? You can seal signs as long as you don't use electronics. If you use electronics, that's bad. That's, you know, disingenuous to the game. And baseball has had a complicated relationship with technology. Like some people want robot umpires. Some people want expansion of instant replay. But what I think is interesting from the technology standpoint is that baseball has embraced technology when it comes to stats. They've been tracking exit velocity. They've been tracking launch angle. They've been tracking a whole lot of things, what they call like next-gen stats or stat cast or whatever. And they've been so invested in these stats. Part of me feels like the stat cast era of baseball, which is the era we're in right now, or what they're calling it, is partially to blame. Like, they're heavily leaning on technology when it comes to speed and bat spin and balls leaving the park, right? They're heavily concentrated on the batter. And if you're going to use the technology, if the technology is going to be available and you're hyper-focused on the batter, it seems like a logical step to me that a team would use that same philosophy and that same technology 
to their advantage. And I feel like the complicated relationship with technology is still going to change, but it seems just like a very short jump from focusing on the batter, looking at launch angle, looking at, you know, exit velocity, looking at, you know, how far the catch probability, all those things. Going from that to cheating seems highly likely, especially if you have a player or a coach or an employee who like manages those things, you can easily use those things for good instead of evil. And personally, I think they over rely on Statcast. Like I personally do not give a goddamn about the launch angle of a baseball. I don't. I love baseball. But when I see a home run, I don't think, wow, I wonder what the launch angle was. I wonder how fast it went. I want to know how far it went. If it's a 500 foot home run, I want to know. But when it comes to launch angle and exit velocity, I literally could not care less about a launch angle or an exit velocity. But it's really interesting, like the fallout of all these things also, because the Astros partly apologize, like they fired the manager, they fired the general manager the players, notably, did not get disciplined by Major League Baseball. But they fired the manager. They seemed to be, you know, apologetic. And then when I interviewed the players, the players seem on the verge of going full villain. Like, they're saying, like, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. Or I'm not sorry, not the Super Bowl, the World Series. Like, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, who are key players on the Astros, like the stars of the Astros, they're like brushing it off or they're not even answering the questions. It leads me to believe that we can see like a full villain Astros team. I think the Astros are already villains because it's been confirmed that they cheated. Like that's unequivocally a fact at this point. But it seems like the players might be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. We're going to be in the World Series again. Yeah, we say that we stole signs, but we're still going to be back in the World Series, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of the players have had reactions. I saw today Chris Archer, Marcus Stroman, CeCe Sabathia, um, Walker, not Walker Buehler, um, Alex Wood, Trevor Bauer. Like, you know how hard it is for me to admit that Trevor fucking Bauer was right about something? I don't like Trevor Bauer. No, Trevor Bauer is an annoying nerd, and I have to agree with Trevor Bauer because you people couldn't even keep your cheating selves to yourselves, and you had to get caught, and you had to cheat over and over and over again. I cannot believe it that I have to agree with Trevor Bauer of all people, but a lot of pitchers are like, yo, I'd rather have steroids than someone knowing every pitch is coming. Because in baseball, like, it is a cat and mouse game. It is a trickster game. It's a mental game. Yogi Berra said it best when it was, like, 50% mental and the other half is physical or 90% mental and the other half is physical, whatever he said. Yogi Berra was right about that. And if you take that mental out of it, if you don't have the cat and mouse game and you just become a cat, essentially, um, and you know what pitch is coming... It makes the game a whole lot easier. Yes, you still have to swing the ball. Yes, you have to make contact. But if you know a curveball is coming and you can prepare for a curveball rather than a fastball, rather than a slider, rather than a cutter, rather than a splitter, rather than a knuckleball, whatever pitch is being thrown, if you can sit on it and know what's coming, then 
It's way easier. No, you're not going to hit a home run every time, but it's going to be way easier. And I don't know if they were able to relay locations. I know they were able to relay pitches. I don't know if they're able to relay locations. Like if it was a fastball, was it inside? Was it outside? Was it supposed to be up? Was it supposed to be down? I don't know if they got that complicated, but I do know they were able to relay pitches. And CC Sabathia said on his podcast, um, R2C2, I believe it's called, um, that basically, because he played for the Yankees at one point in 2017, like basically games were decided by one stolen sign. One stolen sign gave the Yankees a loss and the Astros a win. And it sucks because I used to like root for the Astros. The Astros were a good team to root for. Like in 2017, even 18, like they had a lot of good young players. They seemed to be having fun. You know, they were all, you know, well and good. They were they had waited for this. They had been so bad for so long and now they're good. And it's like, yes, I like that the Astros are good. Like this was good for baseball that these teams are finally good after being so sorry for so long. These teams finally are good and then you had to fucking ruin it. You just had to you just had to ruin it. You had to shit all over all the good stuff you done. I liked Jose Altuve, Bregman, Carlos Correa. I I liked those people, George Springer. Those people were so fun in 2017 and now I don't know. I don't know what to think about it anymore. And you know, the Dodgers lost to the Astros and then they lost to the Red Sox, who I haven't even gotten yet, but the the, the Dodgers got it, you know, sort of back to back because the Red Sox who are linked by manager Alex Cora, who was with the Astros. It's a whole big thing, if you didn't already know. But they got it back-to-back, and I hate the Dodgers. The Dodgers are my least favorite team. And I have to feel bad for the Dodgers because you people fucking cheated? I'm, I'm, I'm so upset that I can't even enjoy that the Dodgers lost two years in a row because you people cheated. But when we get to the Red Sox, Alex Cora, who they're saying might be a lifetime ban because he was a former player. Now he's a manager or he was a manager. He was organizing a lot of what was going on. But it seems like the players not being disciplined because they met, they fired coaches. Coaches got banned for a year. They got fired. Alex Cora is probably going to get banned for a year, if not more, maybe even banned for life. Some people are speculating. I'm not going to go too far into that. But the players not being disciplined says to me either, one, it's bad for the game if we ban so many popular players, or two, the manager should have managed better and it's your fault because at the end of the day, you are a manager. And I remember reading in the MLB report about what happened the manager from the Astros who got fired, A.J. Hinge, he didn't want the plan. He expressed his distrust in the plan, or he didn't like it. He wanted it to stop. But he didn't explicitly tell people to stop. He didn't take the necessary actions for people to stop. And because of that, he got fired. He got banned. And I agree with that. If you're a manager, you need to manage. You need to show that you're in charge. If you say, I don't like this, but people still do it anyway, you say, I don't like this, but I can tolerate it, or you're not good at leading a team. Either way, I think is a fireable offense, right? For Alex Cora, who's like sort of the ringleader in all this, man, I you gotta know, right? 
you have to know that what you're doing is wrong. Another thing that I thought was a possibility is that they're telling the players, since the players were not disciplined, the players may not have known that this was illegal. Because again, sign stealing itself is not illegal. Using the technology is illegal. They could have pitched it to the players that this wasn't illegal and that way the players ran along with it thinking it wasn't illegal, thinking that a bunch of other teams were doing it, but really they weren't. I can see that the that being a thing and then the players being somewhat innocent and all that. But I really think at the end of the day, they didn't suspend players because it would have been bad for the game for all these players to get suspended, mostly on the Astros, of course, and on the Red Sox as well. But now you have this like cheater stigma attached to you. Like Jose Altuve, if you look at the splits, Jose Altuve in the 2017 postseason, when he's at home in Houston and away from home in not Houston, the splits are ridiculous. I think in 2017, he had like 400 in the postseason at home and like he didn't even get a hit on the road or like something like that. Like the splits are insane. Like cheating is definitely afoot. And are you going to admit that you cheat? Are you going to admit that you are in the wrong or not? And the last thing I'll say about the Astros is the Astros have been known. There was an incident with Brandon Taubman, who was like being very sexist and misogynistic a few months ago. And then this now, the Astros and by extension other teams as well, seem to be more interested in getting wins than people. They're more interested in winning games than caring about people. And I want you to know that that is not the way to go about life. People matter, right? Yes, being smart is great and you should try to be smarter and try to expand your growth of the world. But in so doing that, take advantage, take knowledge, take note of the people. Because the Astros have been trying to win. They've been winning at all costs. And they have won a lot of baseball games. And they've gotten praise for doing it how they're doing it. But you got to take care of the people. People around you have to consider other people's feelings. When you don't consider people's feelings, shit gets messy. And people don't like you. And you can be the smartest person in the world. You can be the best at what you do. You can be good at something. But what does it really matter if no one wants to talk to you? What does it matter? It reminds me of a show I watched on Netflix recently called Shira. I know I know that this is a stretch, but hear me out. In Shira, there's a princess named Entrapta. Shira is a show about magical princesses. There's a princess named Entrapta who loves technology. Entrapta loves technology so much that she leaves her friends who are the good guys and falls into the laps of evil and doesn't care that she's doing evil things because all she cares about is technology and being smart. And you can't live like, like that. Being smart is good, but take care of your people. Take care of the people around you. Be nice. Say please and thank you. All those things. Because you never know who you need in your corner, who you thought was in your corner but actually isn't in your corner, you want someone in your corner. You can't be in the corner alone. Who wants to be in the corner alone? You need someone, whether it's parents, whether it's friends, whether it's romantic interests, whether it's animals, someone has to be in your corner. And no one was in the Houston Astros corner. 
like among along the league, along like the front offices of Major League Baseball, people didn't like the Astros. People were calling them cheaters for years. They finally got caught, and it sucks to suck, but that's that's what it is. Um, but anyway, moving on to other sports, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is going to be San Francisco 49ers versus Kansas City Chiefs. And I am a Raiders fan. You may not know that I am a Raiders fan. This Super Bowl is my own personal hell. It's very stressful for me. And I was thinking, like, I cannot root for the Niners in the Super Bowl. I also cannot root for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So who the fuck am I going to want to win? They're not going to end the Super Bowl in a tie, right? And I was thinking, I'm from the Bay Area. I'm a Raiders fan. I was thinking super, super hard and long. Much to think about. And I think that while I don't want either team to win, and I'm not rooting for either team, I'm not going to cheer for either team, I would prefer it if the Kansas City Chiefs won. Because even though the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Raiders division, I don't know any Chiefs fans in real life. I don't know any Kansas City Chiefs fans. You know what I know a bunch of? 49er fans. If I see 49er fans talking their shit about Quest for Six for weeks on end, I might lose it. I might have to move away. I might have to move to Las Vegas with the Raiders. Because I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand it. All that Quest for Six nonsense. And it's not offense to you if you're a Niners fan. If you're a Niners fan, you should be happy. I just don't want you to win. And I would prefer that the Niners didn't win. Ever. Because when the Niners win... They just get annoying. And I don't like that. So, we're not going to do it. But anyway, we have much to talk about on the internet. And I wanted to talk about TikTok. I talked about TikTok a few months ago. TikTok is fun. I have to say, I have my doubts about TikTok. But TikTok is fun. And yes, there are young people on TikTok, like high schoolers on TikTok, But I think the algorithm works in your favor, at least a little bit. As me, a 25-year-old man, I don't see a lot of children on TikTok. I see a lot of, you know, young adults to adult adults. I see professionals that give advice. I learned how to make a cheesecake on TikTok the other day. Someone made an entire cheesecake in one minute or less. And I learned how to make a cheesecake. Will I ever make a cheesecake? Probably not. I'll probably never make a cheesecake. That's okay. But I learned how in under a minute. And I thought it was really cool. But there's one thing on TikTok that bothers me. Or actually two things. Two genres of TikToks. There are the nurses and there are the entrepreneurs. Nurses giving out, giving out advice is one thing. And I think that giving out advice is great. But the nurses who complain about their jobs can fuck the fuck off. I don't need nurses complaining about their jobs. Yes, nursing is hard. And yes, if you do it in like a funny or creative way or in a way that doesn't put people down, that's one thing. But the nurses seem intent on putting people down and making fun of people who are just trying to be healthier, who are just trying to get better, who are just trying to have a doctor or nurse fix them. You know, that's what nurses are there for. And I see a lot of the nurse complaints putting people down for like not knowing how to game the healthcare system or, 
you know, being in an unfortunate situation. And that shit doesn't fly with me, you know? Like, give medical advice, you know, make funny nurse TikToks, that's fine. But putting people down is being a nurse is not going to fly with me. And it just reminds me that, like, I know so many people who have wanted to go in the medical field or one point or another so many parents who want to push the medical field on their children and at the end of the day if you're going into the medical field to help people great if you're going to the medical field to make money fine but it seems like so many people go to the medical field to make money that they forget that they're supposed to help people along the way at least on the internet right i haven't had a super bad experience with a doctor or a nurse or anything like that. But it seems like so many people are in it for the money. Oh, oh my God. Mm, excuse me. Again, it's very late at night when I'm doing this. So many people get on the medical field for the money. And again, you have to take care of the people. Like winning at all costs is one thing. Making money is one thing. But you got to take care of the people. And next is the entrepreneurs. I hate entrepreneurs. I really do. Entrepreneurs on the internet piss me off. Because entrepreneurs will give advice that's the most unrealistic advice. They'll be like, oh, in order to make money, you just need to invest $50,000 in a property and then rent out that property and then make money from that property. Motherfucker, I do not have $50,000 to spend on a property, to rebuild a property. Are you fucking me? Why on earth would I spend $50,000 that I, I don't have that? And then entrepreneurs, they never focus on taxes. They never tell you that you have to pay your taxes. They never tell you anything important. They just say, do basic math and make money. And then there's this thing called drop shipping or flipping things on Facebook, if another fucking entrepreneur tells me to drop ship to make extra money, I'm going to punch them in the face. You should be legally allowed to punch anyone in the face if they tell you to look into drop shipping. That should be that should be legal. If someone tells you about drop shipping, you can just punch them. No repercussions, perfectly legal. And I think that that would solve the problem. Because drop shipping, from what I can tell from the outside, seems like a pretty big scam or at least sleazy business operations. Not for me. Definitely, definitely not for me. And next up, next thing I want to talk about that I saw on the internet, and I don't speak French, so um, forgive me, but the brand Comme des Garçons, I believe, like a fashion brand, they were doing Paris Fashion Week, showing off their new clothes, Comme de Garçon. It's like a fancy brand or whatever. And they had their Caucasian models wearing like cornrow wigs or like wild cultural appropriation wigs. And I have to say, at this point, at this point in time, if you are a brand committing cultural appropriation, you're doing it on purpose. You're committing cultural appropriation on purpose. You want to get a reaction from the internet. Then you're going to apologize on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. And it's all very calculated to get publicity. Because I heard of Calme de Garçon. They make like some Converse collabs that's really popular. Whatever. 
but I'm not checking for Comme des Garçons. And I think they know that people like me are not checking for Comme des Garçons. They're not. They're really just not. And then when people do check for Comme des Garçons, they're going to see that racist shit. They're going to be like, oh, my God. But once that stuff blows over and they got more publicity, then they're going to be fine again and they're going to sell their clothes and their shoes. And if you already have their clothes, you're not going to get rid of those clothes. It wasn't that big of a scandal. It was just enough of a scandal for people to get outraged for, you know, 24 hours and then forget. And at this point, if I see any major brand goof up and make those cultural appropriation mistakes, then I am telling you they're doing it on purpose. It's purposeful. It's 100% on purpose. They're appropriating your culture on purpose just to get notoriety of some sort. I know it. I know it. It has to be. You have to be doing it on purpose at this point because you have to know. You have to know that these things are wrong. You have to know that you fuck up. You have to know that this is a bad idea. I'm refusing to believe that you have a whole team of PR people and marketers and media people and interns and CEOs that none of you know that this is a bad idea. It has to be. Someone on your team has to say, we're doing this on purpose to get publicity, to get clicks. It has to be that way. I'm not accepting any other option from a major company. No, young up-and-coming companies, they're going to make some mistakes. Major companies, high fashion companies, you know better. You know. You have to know. Or at least you knew. Did you forget? Did you forget? Because you have to know that what you're doing is wrong. And that's just that. And then the last thing I want to talk about is... Kent State Gun Girl, a.k.a. Caitlin Bennett. I think this is going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to ease in in about 40 minutes. It is very late at night. It is 1.03 in the morning as I'm speaking. And I have to wake up tomorrow. So we're going we're gonna to keep this one a little bit shorter. My apologies if you want an hour long. I promise hour long shits will come back eventually um but yeah kensei gun girl is getting more and more viral for her videos she does like woman on the street videos where she interviews college kids and she interviews people on the street and she goes to like pride and like women's marches and things like that and if you don't know gun girl she's basically a trump supporter second amendment supporter who really wants to just own the libs whenever possible, but she gets owned at every single corner. And if you watch videos, she goes like super, super Republican and people just destroy her. People just annihilate her. They demolish her with just facts. People just tell her facts and she can't respond to facts because she's so ridiculous in a way but these videos get posted on youtube they get shared on twitter they get shared by caitlin bennett the gun girl herself and people are saying don't give caitlin bennett attention and she'll go away i don't think that's the case i really don't i think that because she's already gotten some attention that she has enough followers now that even if we actively try not to get our her attention we're not going to help ourselves. We're going to just do it. We can't help ourselves. We we have an urge as people on the internet to just dunk on people, to just 
to just destroy people on the internet, to just lean into the cyberbullying just a little bit and just make fun of people who we know are ridiculous. I don't think that ignoring her is going to be the answer because there are going to be some people that can't help themselves. I know because I'm one of them. I try my best to get rid of the gun girl content, but it just keeps getting retweeted into my feed. And I have to say something. My my Twitter fingers are itching. They're twitching. They're trembling. Just wanting to own the gun girl. I can't help it. I can't help it. I have an insatiable urge to just own the gun girl. I can't help. I want to own the gun girl. And it's also crazy because... The gun girl is putting up these clips of her on her own volition, on her own, you know, judgment. And she's just getting embarrassed left and right. And she's putting up these clips, embarrassing herself left and right. Like that has to take some type of courage. That has to take some type of gonads to do that. But I don't respect gun girl because she's ridiculous and she's annoying. And she's pretty much bad in almost any way possible and part of me wants to search up gun girl videos and just watch her get owned in like a full 10 minute video rather than a 30 second clip on twitter but that i have held off on because if i search for kensei gun girl on youtube the algorithm is going to think i'm some republican weirdo guy and start recommending me videos that I do not want to see. I don't want to see Republican videos. I want to see Republicans get destroyed by 20-year-old college students. That's all I want. But if I search that up, if I actually search that up, I'm going to get so many things recommended in my algorithm, in my feed. Who knows what algorithms even do, by the way. But if the algorithm thinks that I'm conservative in any way, is game over for me. I'm my internet life is going to be miserable. Side note, have you ever looked at like the information that Twitter has on you or Instagram or anything like that? There's a way to look at what they think you are and like what your interests are actually. And I looked at it the other day and it said things that I like which were actually things that I don't like. For example, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Because I don't like the Dodgers, I have a tendency to talk about the Dodgers. I'm talking shit about the Dodgers, but I have a tendency to talk about the Dodgers. And since I'm talking about the Dodgers, Twitter.com thinks that I like the Dodgers, which is not true. But they have those things on you. They have those profiles on you. Basically, everything you talk about, everything that you may be interested in. So you have to sort of you know, curb that if you don't want to see that. If you don't like, let's say spinach. I love spinach. But if you don't like spinach and you don't want to see spinach content, you have to completely not talk about spinach. Either that or find out what they have on you and delete spinach from the list. But you really just have to do that. They have profiles all on you. And I'm not mad Like, I'm not mad about it. Like, you have my face. I post selfies on the internet. I post information on the internet. You can have the information that I choose to post. That's fine. I don't care if you think I'm a Dodgers fan or not. At the end of the day, you're not a person. But it's just interesting to know, like, what the the technology has on you. What they think you like. What they think you don't like. And what they recommend to you. And I know that my Twitter, my main Twitter, and, like, my podcast Twitter... 
two completely different worlds. The trending topics are different. The people are different. Everything is so different. It just goes to show that they know a lot about you, but they also don't know everything about you. It doesn't paint the whole picture. Circling back to the Houston Astros, circling back to anyone who thinks that being smart is the only thing that matters. The data doesn't tell you everything. The data, it doesn't lie, but it doesn't know the whole truth. And I want to end on that note. Being smart is great. Being nice is also just as, if not more, great. And yeah, that's all I have for you. This is a late night session that I had. Um, And yeah, I think it went pretty well for, you know, 1230 to 109 that I went about. Um, Yeah. I'm pretty tired. I'm going to go to bed. I hope you enjoyed this late night session wherever you are. Thank you for listening all the way. Thank you for, you know, putting up with this. If you choose to listen to this one, you could be listening to any other podcast in the world, like literally any other podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you're having a good day or night. Please be safe. Love you. Goodbye.